such a great honor and uh, privilege to see all of you standing. I'll, I'll kindly ask that you, you take your seats. I know time is gone, so we need to quickly work on this as we put some pressure. I tend to think I need no introduction because I find many ways of standing on this pulpit many times. For the sake of uh, those visiting and perhaps those uh, joining us online, my name is Angela Smoka Movita. I have been a member of North Mid Assembly since 1988. I gave my life to the Lord right in this very church when a friend of mine we're together with uh, in the neighborhood in Villa introduced me to this place and I have been coming to North Mid ever since. <clears throat> the only time I was away was when I was in university on the copper belt where apart from coming back with a degree, a Bachelor of Science in Land Economy, I came up with another degree there. I would like to introduce my wife. <laughs> That's my wife, uh, Mutuwanyambe Alice Mwaka Situmbeko Movita. She needs two NRCs <laughs> for those names. We have, uh, together we have uh, four children. Tumelo, the eldermost, is uh, not here. She's out, finished school, she's working. Seppo, where are you? I ask Seppo to be upstanding. Um, Tabo and uh, Moka, Angelus Jr. Okay, these are our children. He's gone for Sunday school. That's Seppo, that's uh, Tabo, who's also ushering. Seppo is uh, in university. Uh, Tau is still in grade 12, as well as uh, Junior still being in uh, primary. Began for them, please. Um, like Bishop, I'm also a product of Hillcrest. <laughs> so, if you see any similarities here, as we are preaching, don't be surprised. I take it from, from Dad. I think at some point, as a matter of formality, I think I also take off my jacket. <laughs> Like I said, uh, our time is gone. Let's quickly see what we can be able to do in the remaining uh, a few minutes because there are other formalities Bishop is coming through to work out. Today is uh, Youth Sunday, as earlier announced by Bishop. I'm sure in the course of uh, the week, country, world, country over, there were plenty of activities that were going on regarding uh, youths. And us as an assembly, definitely we have to honor this day by giving it to the youths. And as Bishop has uh, introduced, being deacon together with uh, Deacon uh, Melvin Glovo, deacons in charge of uh, youths, 
We just had to take this up even at very short notice. Let me quickly get to the message of the day, which uh, I am picking up from uh, the gospel according to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verses uh, 13 to 16. This uh, message for today is uh, within our theme as a church, Community Transformation, A Call to Harvest. But specifically today, we are titling our message as Let the Children Come. It is a call for the children. The objective of uh, the message today is to remind the parents in the first place on the importance of allowing children to come to Jesus. And secondly, we want to remind the church as well not to omit children in the curriculum of the church. We know, even as we are talking about youths aged from 13 to 35, but for the purpose of our ministry here, we are talking of the age between 13 and 24, because thereafter now we're talking of such a group now being referred to as uh, young adults, and those that are below 13 definitely is a Sunday school. But I think as I stand here, I want to speak of the entire group end to end. I will not segregate. As we are talking about uh, today being Youth Sunday, we want to talk about the plight of uh, youths who are vulnerable and they are exposed to so many vices and dangers just on one hand because of their nature being children, because of being young ones. They are not able to make decisions on their own. They depend on us as parents for whatever is happening. Young people are left out in many ways in our society today. Look at even the, sometimes the curriculum that we find in our schools. They are giving wrong material in school to start learning even at tender age. Even in homes, sometimes we expose them to wrong materials. We feel so good as parents to give them the whole bouquet of DSTV, a whole phone with all bundles. We have no clue what we are exposing our children to. And in the process, we only see it sometimes when it's a little bit too late, like we saw for the case of uh, Richard, who had family right close to him. The father is there, mother is there, but he's at a place of contemplating suicide. Depression, stress, addictions, and even suicide attempts have now become uh, common allies to youths in our community. What are we doing about it? Who will attend to the youths? What's the best prescription that we can give to resolve this dilemma that the youths are going through? Let's get to the text uh, that we're reading today from uh, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 to 16, a familiar passage that is talking about little children and Jesus. I'll quickly commence reading from NIV. I'm sure you've already turned your Bibles to that uh, passage. Mark chapter 10, 13 to 16. In verse 13, the Bible says, people were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. 
but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who does, who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Verse 16, and he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. Quickly, when you look within the Gospels, you find two other parallel scriptures. First, in the book of uh, Mark, sorry, in the book of Matthew, chapter 19, the same account is given. In Matthew, chapter 19, verse uh, 13 to 15, same story of uh, Jesus meeting the little children. And also, if you go beyond Mark to Luke, in Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 and 17, the same account is given with just minor differences here and there that you will note in these scriptures. For instance, Mark refers to the little children as, uh, as babies. So you have a certain picture in your mind that they were bringing babies over, whereas the others talk about little children. But I think I choose to go with uh, the book of uh, Mark because of the first part of uh, chapter 14, where the Bible there records, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. You don't find that in Matthew, you don't find that in, uh, in, 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 uh, in Luke as well. I think I find that to be something worth noting of. Um, we need to understand who a child is. Of course, definitely a child is uh, a young human being that is uh, below the age of puberty under the legal uh, age of majority, which is, uh, in many countries, is the age of uh, 18. I'm not sure what uh, Zambian law uh, says, but many uh, countries across the world talk of uh, the legal age of majority being uh, 18. If you flip through many dictionaries, ideally you just uh, come across that same aspect of uh, a child being somebody who's uh, between the age of infancy and uh, puberty. But uh, I have my own definition here that I've coined and I'm saying, a youth, or is it a child, is an individual who relies completely upon a parent, a parent or a parent figure for everything, for protection, for provisions, for shelter, guidance, love, and everything. And definitely, when you look at the children on one hand, there are certain attributes that they possess which I think even many of us that are seated here who at one time were children, we do look back in our days and we say, how I wish it was still those days. When I was still young, this and that used to happen. Because on one hand, it doesn't matter where you sleep. When you wake up in the morning, you find yourself nicely tucked in your pajamas in bed. Somebody took you from wherever you were sleeping. You mess yourself up, somebody will come and pick you up and come and... Uh, prepare you up and all. So some attributes of the children that we can talk about, on one hand, they are highly dependable on their parents or parent figures. They are not independent. Another aspect about children, they, they are emotional than being rational. So you do not expect to meet a child and speak to them and you think that they will reason with you. For them, they are at a different level altogether. 
and the picture that we are seeing here of uh, Jesus being uh, seated there with the disciples, whatever was going on, we'll get into that, and children were being brought over. I, I like the way children sometimes act. You go visiting in homes, this child, you don't even know each other. They just come over and they just come and jump onto you, whether you're in a suit. Thank you to my wife for choosing this attire today. Um, whether you're in a suit or whatever it is, the child will just come over and just come and fall on your laps and start calling you and call and you get into conversations. That's just how they are. They are carefree. No worries or concerns about tomorrow because they know the food and anything else that is required will be provided. So innocent they are. Wallace, you and me are worrying about Iraq. They have no idea even whether, sorry, uh, of Ukraine. They have no idea even what Ukraine is. Because for them, as long as you are present as a parent. So quickly, let's get into uh, our passage for today. As I said from the book of Mark. A few things that firstly we need to uh, get to understand. Uh, because I think we'll refer to this a little later as we uh, get deeper into the word. This story, or this moment when Jesus met with the kids, according to the book of uh, Matthew, it uh, appears immediately after there was a discussion regarding divorce. In, Mark, uh, in Matthew 19. In Mark, same thing, immediately after the discussion regarding divorce. But in Luke, it's after... Jesus was talking about two parables, one of the persistent widow, the other of, uh, I think, the, 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 the rich young man. So it's a bit, uh, we need to understand what was exactly happening at that time. Because when we get to seek to understand why the disciples rebuked this, a question will arise from this. But let me just point out to you that you need to be aware that uh, even when you are reading two verses, one after the other, sometimes there's a passage of time in between the two verses. So it's not immediate that something happened immediately after. Let me uh, quickly just draw your attention to Mark chapter 10, verse 10. Just before the event, there was still a discussion going on there, Mark chapter 10, verse 10 and 11. There was still a discussion going on prior to this passage of the discussion on divorce. I don't want to get into that. That one I think I will leave to the elder in charge of marriage. There was still a discussion going on regarding divorce. When in Mark chapter 10, the Bible says, when they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, anyone who divorces his wife marries another. So there was a transition according to Mark. They were at some place possibly outside where this whole debate was going on about whether it's right to divorce and Moses uh, allowing and everything. Mark records that they went into the house and there the disciples asked again. So I want to think that this issue of bringing the children to Jesus that we're getting into now did not happen at that school ground where the debate of the, 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 the divorce was going on. It looks like it was in the house. I'll get to that as we get on. So it is happening then in verse 13a that the Bible says people were bringing little children to Jesus to have them, uh, to, to have him touch them. These people definitely must have been parents, guardians, or whichever people that were given the task to nurse the children. And 
after the experiences and stories that they saw about Jesus, they found an opportunity for them to bring their children over to, to Jesus. And I want to think that they were not bring these children for healing. The Bible records they were bringing these children for Jesus to just touch them, to touch them, just to touch them. So it was not an issue of physical needs. Maybe these parents on one hand, definitely even as they were asking Jesus to touch them, they were seeking that Jesus confers a blessing on each one of these uh, uh, children because their parents cared. Their parents cared so much for the souls of their children beyond even the physical aspect, beyond the bodies. So in uh, touching the children, they believed that it would be good with the souls of these children. Because once Jesus touches the soul, he reaches down to the heart, the very center of life. But uh, I'm tempted to ask the question now, but let me bring it a little later. What's the best thing that you desire for your child that Jesus may touch? Is it the soul or is it the body? Or there are other priorities that we have in life that we want Jesus to do. We move on then and we are told immediately the disciples rebuked them. How surprising. No, maybe it's not even surprising why the disciples decided to rebuke this. You read through those three accounts, it's not clear. Scripture does not state why the disciples rebuked them. We only see a response from Jesus a little later. It's not clear because it's, written, it's not written anywhere in the Bible, but you and I know this is not the only time that Jesus at one point interacted with children. Because back up in the uh, passage, for instance, in Matthew uh, 15, 29 to 38, there's a story of Jesus feeding the 4,000. The Bible makes it clear in verse 38, the number of those that ate where was 4,000 men besides women and children. So the 4,000 was just men, but there were also women and children. So I'm simply saying, it's not the first time that Jesus was interacting with children for the disciples to come and rebuke. There must have been something else that they saw. But definitely, I tend to think it's because they did not have the same perspective of children as Jesus did. They didn't have the same mind as Jesus did. No wonder he rebuked them. Because many times our perspectives are based on the cultures where we live, the locations where we live, our ethnic uh, our belongings and, and all. That's what many times molds our minds and that's how we react in certain uh, ways. But how did they forget that Jesus was no respecter of persons? So even children... He could uh, hang around with them. We know Jesus treated people equally, wherever they came from and all. He loves everyone with dignity and with respect. And this is one who mingled with the sinners. But you're talking of little children that are just innocent. Why is it that they were asking the children to go away? Or oh, on one hand, maybe, another reason could be that the, dis the disciples thought that Jesus had bigger issues to attend to. So issue of children and oh, it's just a disturbance. 
Earlier, we are told he was uh, busy in discussions regarding divorce. So maybe Jesus needs to talk more about divorce than hanging around with uh, kids. Maybe that's a perspective that, uh, that they had. But let me also point it out that a number of historians bring out what I refer to as the Roman uh, factor. Because it is believed a century before Jesus and even a century after Jesus, there was this influence, the Roman influence that people had in their communities where children were considered to be relatively less important. As such, if uh, a Roman father had a, a child, the wife conceived and the child is born and is found that it's a girl, when he wanted a boy, he could get that child and throw that child into the river because he wants a son and not a daughter. That's just how much influence there was during such a time because it was more for the father to decide what to do with children and all. As a result, you find such influences then of children being considered low in, in status, even with women. I think even in our community, in our society today, that has continued, which really you wonder, why do we have such things? So there could have been this silent culture that was prevailing. And at the back of their minds, they are thinking, look, there's something... I mean, these are insignificant. They can't come over to Jesus and waste time. He's busy. Remember that we talked earlier in Mark 10 that they were in the house. Another thought perhaps is that maybe it was private time for Jesus. He needed rest. So they were wanting to keep these children away so that he could rest after the long preaching and uh, traveling and all that uh, he had gone through. Or it could be that they felt that uh, Children would bother Jesus. They would just disturb him as he's planning for the next thing that he needs to do. Whatever reason that is there, whether even that these disciples were simply doing their task as security men, the Bible does not record. We are left to wonder. But we are told in verse 14, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. I don't know how many times you know when Jesus expressed anger. Being indignant simply talks about a feeling or showing anger or annoyance at what is perceived to be unfair treatment. It's a strong word. Now imagine Jesus being angry. Angry because for him, definitely, it was a different perspective that he had from what he saw. Because for him, regarding children, he had a divine perspective and not an earthly perspective as we see these people had, these disciples, of all people, the disciples. Perhaps he felt that they were stopping him from doing good and that this action that they were undertaking had no spiritual basis. It had no heavenly backing. Because on one hand, God in his eternal plan has uh, children included therein as the lambs of the flock. They are part and parcel of God's plan. So Jesus comes out and he rebukes them. He gets angry 
and he says, let them, let uh, the little children come to me, do not hinder them. He simply orders the disciples to allow the children to come. We don't see any resistance. We don't see anything. Interestingly, not even the Pharisees picked up as a, this as a discussion a little later to say, but why did you allow the children a little later to come over to you? And oh, We don't see that. But he simply commanded and the children uh, came over. Like we said, children are part of his uh, plan, even at young age. Sometimes as parents, we, we decide on behalf of, allow me to call them these little beings, when it is best for them to do something. The calendar is with us. When it is best that they should start Sunday school. When it is best that they should join the youth ministry. When it, whether they are too old or not for them to be part of young adults and all. And yet at home, we expose them to so many things that they are even way over their age. Jesus owns them as members of his church. If anything, they are more secure in his presence, in his arms, than anywhere else. You might think, even as you came for church and you left your children at home, and there's a guard there and the gate is locked and there are dogs around, you think they are, se they are secure there. You think they are secure there. They are more secure in God's presence. For he has a purpose for them even as he calls them to come. Talking of how that God has plans for these little ones even at early age. The best example I can give, we've been talking about this in our youth uh, uh, meetings on Saturdays. We're looking at uh, First uh, Samuel chapter 3. We're looking at little Samuel. Samuel was just around 12 in the temple when the Lord called him. The priest who we are told was of age, his eyes could not even see, couldn't hear the voice of God. And a little later when the young man kept on coming to him, but you are calling me, you are calling me. He was told, no, no, when you hear that voice again, I'm just paraphrasing, say, Lord, speak here I am, here is your servant, I'm listening. He was only around about 12. How many of us have 12 year old children? And we tend to think God cannot speak to them as yet. Get into 1 Samuel chapter 3 and read what God started speaking to little Samuel. I think those were words that even me, a 50 year old, needed time to sit down and, and ponder over. He was only 12 when he was spoken to. Do not underrate children. Jesus continues and he says, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as this. He right there gives the reason why they must be allowed to come before him. Why? For the kingdom of God belongs to such as this. The implication there is not that the, the kingdom of God belongs to children, but mark the ways to such as these. So what was he referring to that he saw in the little children that he says the kingdom of God belongs to such as these? We spoke about the attributes of children earlier. 
how on one hand, when it comes to exhibiting faith and trust, oh my, a child will come over to you and simply say, buy this for me. And you tell them, I'll buy for you. They'll, they'll smile already as if they have received it. And they'll just be waiting for you to knock off. And of course, they don't forget. Much as their hard drives are just how many megabytes? I don't know. <laughs> they will not forget. As soon as you come back home, they'll remind you. We talked about chocolate. Where is it? Of course, if you give the answer, no, 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 I forgot. Can I bring it tomorrow? They'll believe you. And they go away. They'll leave you free. But tomorrow they'll remind you. But of course, don't forget. By the time you're getting to the end of the week, if that continues to be the pattern, their little memories will record that. And they'll know... Uh, you're not trustworthy. <laughs> you, don't, you don't keep your word. So we are talking about children being exhibiting that kind of faith. They will not get into issues to debate. They will not even wonder about what's happening. You tell them something, they accept. Look at how much faith children have in us, the parents. Wherever they are right now, they are not worried about whether the school fees were paid, whether there's ESCO units, whether there's this, whether the, the car is working to drop them for school tomorrow. And they are not. All they know is that tomorrow the sun will rise and it will go down and things continue. Children have humble learning minds and thus they are teachable. Whereas you and me introducing us to a topic here or, or a doctrine or even telling us one thing that we need to do, we start mumbling and jumbling and but why is the church introducing this? Why is the church asking for this and all? We get into debates and in the process, that's how we fall away. But for them, they are simply honest. They are simply sincere. And that's why, interestingly now, they are even being used as an example, as a model for us adults that you, unless you exhibit the nature that these have, you will not enter heaven. There I would say, ouch, and not amen. Children are now being used as a model for us adults. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Examine your faith right now. Examine yourself where you are. Do you have that childlike faith? Is that what you have in you? But let's not forget, we're talking about Youth Sunday here and we're talking about children. May I, as I slowly want to wind down, pose some questions here. I'm speaking to parents. I'm speaking to guardians. I'm speaking to parent figures. Ask yourself, how do you hinder children from coming to Jesus? Ask yourself. I don't have answers. I need to ask myself, how do I hinder children from coming to Jesus? Just like the disciples did, they rebuked those that were bringing children to Jesus. A child sometimes might come over to you and ask you to say, can I go to church? But your answer, even before you think about it, is quickly, no, you can't. May I say the Lord is making a call for all that have children herein in church. 
Jesus wants them in his arms here at church. Jesus wants to touch them here at church. Be it in Sunday school, be it in the youth ministry, be it in young adults, Jesus is saying he wants them here to touch them. Are you with the disciples right now rebuking me already to say what is he talking about? Bring them here. What is the utmost duty for us as parents if it's not to be custodians of these precious souls until they mature and they are enough to make their own decisions? Can we outwit God in giving gifts or caring for these children? No, we can't. Not at all. Whatever work, whatever it is that we're doing, you and me to look after these children, it can be compared to what Jesus would do with them once he calls them. Samuel was able to speak, to be spoken to by God because the mother simply obeyed and took over little Samuel to the temple to serve, to minister under the priest Eli. You want your child to be like little Samuel? Bring over to the temple. Bring that child over to the temple. So don't think that those uh, high walls around the mansions and the video games and the Netflixes and the bikes and skateboards and everything that we buy them are the best things that we need to give to these children. Not at all. The best gift we can ever give our children is to bring him, to bring them before the Lord. May I wind down with this? Jesus wants to bless them. He wants to touch their souls so that in unison with a young Samuel, they can answer, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, train a child in a way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Part of that training is all about bringing that child for Jesus to touch him or her. Bring them for Sunday school. Bring them for youth ministry for young adults. One old song done back in the 80s by Kelly Willard that featured uh, Milton Carroll says, who will guide the tiny feet that, kind, that can't find their way home? Who will guide the tiny feet that can't find their way alone? Who will bring the children to the throne? And somewhere in that song, Kelly Willard and Milton Carroll say, we will bring the children to the throne. No one is unworthy to come to Jesus, whether a sinner or a child. No one is not good enough to come to Jesus. You are not too young for you to come to Jesus. Parents, let's not hinder the little children from coming to the Lord. Amen.